Hello, listeners. Welcome to a new edition of the Goshen News Sports Podcast. Talking to you, Austin Huff, Goshen News Sports Editor, with me, Goshen News Sports Reporter, Evan Lee Pack. Evan, how are you today, man? That was a great intro. You sounded very disinterested in this whole episode. Why? Like, yeah, what? Yeah. I didn't sound disinterested. Yeah, what are you talking here about? Here we are again, another Tuesday. Another edition, another edition, yeah. man. We're powering through. We're almost done with the spring sports season, all of high school sports in general. Doing great, though. Are you? Mm-hmm. That's good. Two days away. I know. From getting my wisdom teeth. <laughs> <laughs> I know. You're taking, uh, like, a sabbatical. I'm jealous. So Jealous of what? How could you be jealous of that? You're taking a couple days off. It's yeah, amazing. to be in pain. Congratulations yeah, you, you, to me. You get to sleep. That's awesome. Well, I mean, yeah, at least I get to do that. But I have to eat, like, soft foods and stuff. Can't eat whatever I want. That's fine. Lose a couple pounds, never hurts, you know? I don't want to lose. If, yeah, well, yeah, I think I need to lose weight. <laughs> yeah, I would say, I think no. I need to get my wisdom teeth removed just so I can lose, like, 10 pounds. That'd be great. So... Anyway, uh, that was the uh, dentist podcast of the <laughs> dentist portion of the Goshen News. You're trying to get under 200? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll see if I ever get there, ever. Um, we have, uh, we've we've wrapped up most of our spring sports uh, season. High school sports? High school sports. On the docket, pretty much over. Pretty much done. Uh, we'll start down in the lovely Chalmers, Indiana, just north of Lafayette. Uh, Fairfield softball. They fell in the semi-state championship game seven to nothing to Pioneer. They beat uh, Western Boone in the semifinal seven to three to get there. Weebo. Yeah, Weebo. <laughs> Weebo. And uh, actually uh, beat Weebo. They were up 3-0. Then the Stars tied it at three. And then Fairfield came back and scored four runs in the bottom of the sixth, all with two outs on four straight hits. Went like single, triple, single home run. It was pretty awesome. It was an amazing little rally there to win that semifinal game. But how was the Fairfield crowd? Good, good contingency. Chalmers. Good contingency went down. Obviously, it's a two and a half hour drive, so it's hard to get everybody down there. Uh, but I say it was a pretty fair crowd for for the Fairfield faithful. And uh, obviously, you know, in the championship game, Pioneer is only about a thirty minute drive. 40-minute drive away, so they had a lot more fans, I feel like, for the semi-state championship game. But Fairfield and Weibo, I think, had a similar amount of fans for that semifinal game. So, Did they make their presence known, the Falcon uh, faithful? They tried. I mean, it was tough that second game, you know. But, uh, yeah, man, Pioneer, they're really good. Uh, Watching them play. Like a Goliath almost. Yeah. Yeah, man, they are really, really impressive. Uh, they, their pitcher, she just throws gas. I mean, and then when she throws that change up on you, it's just deadly because you're so used to preparing for like 60 miles an hour. And then she throws that you know, 45 mile an hour change up and it's just like, you know, you can't hit it. It's they Fairfield had one hit on an infield single that was kind of an infield single. It could have been ruled an error. I think the general consensus was a hit, but it could have easily been called an error. And that was the only base runner they had all game in the second inning. So... Just incredible, uh, you know, stuff from Pioneer. Six errors for Fairfield also didn't help. Um, yeah, obviously you can't, yeah. we play, can't in, play that sloppy against right, a team like that. Right, right. Yeah, you can you can get away with it, you know, against some teams, but Pioneer, no. You got to play a perfect game to beat them, and Fairfield played anything but it, but that on on Saturday night. So uh, twenty six and five regular season record record for the Falcons I mean heck of a season you know I think we kind of talked about it a little bit last week we're like 
if you had told me at the beginning of the year that Fairfield would be the last team standing from our softball area, I don't know if I would have fully believed you just because you didn't know who was going to be good or not, obviously. And, you know, they were okay in 2019. They weren't like a great team. Like Northbridge was really good in 2019 and they had everyone, mostly everyone coming back. So like you kind of felt Northbridge would be there, you know, this year where Fairfield, it was like, I don't know who's really like going to be their go-to, you know, player and players. And uh, they proved a lot of people wrong, obviously, by making that run to the semi-state championship game. Uh, second time they've lost in a semi-state title game under Coach John Skibby. Other time was in 2013, uh, up in 3A against Yorktown. And uh, Owen, they are now, I guess, um, one, two, three, like two and four overall in semi-state games, semi-state appearances, games. That makes sense. They won two semifinal games. Games, yeah. They've won two semifinal semi-state games and they've lost uh, all four times eventually at some point in their semi-state appearances uh, all in the last decade too so uh, Skibby has done a really good job building that program up and they've kind of sustained that success for the most part here in the last uh, 10 years or so so it's all about balance right that's why they had their success this season mm-hmm. and it's also about matchups because yeah you could argue that Northridge is probably a better team than Fairfield probably but when you run into a good pin team that apparently is your kryptonite, mm-hmm. you know, that's what happens sometimes. Right. So, uh, good year for Fairfield. They're going to lose eight seniors total on the roster, so they're losing a lot. Uh, notably, Kayla Miller, their starting pitcher. Michaela Stutzman, their leadoff hitter. Uh, Sydney Stutzman, their uh, fourth hitter in the lineup and first baseman. Uh, so, those are the kind of the key departures. But Brooke Sanchez comes back. She's their main power hitter. Uh, you know, so she'll be back next year. Uh, McKenna Steele also coming back next year. So they have some players coming back. The pitching will be the biggest thing to be like, where, you know, where are they going to get the pitching from with Kayla Miller graduating? Brooke Sanchez, um, obviously. And Brooke Sanchez pitches, right? So she, she pitched, might. She pitched this season. Obviously, mm-hmm. not as much as Kayla. Right. But uh, she's probably going to be the main one, I would imagine, next season. Yeah. So it's going to be interesting to see. Uh, who uh, who's going to take that mantle for them next year? So, uh, but again, Amazing. tremendous season for them, and uh, nothing uh, nothing to take away from this year. Man, twenty six and five, like I said, NECC champs, uh, and you're playing the number one team in the state, and you lose, you know, a game where you know they the offense wasn't great, but you know if they clean up the airs, it's right there. I mean, they Kayla pitched pretty well, all things considered. It was just the airs behind her, you know. Really one, really one bad pitch and a home run that uh, Haley Kripe from Pioneer hit. She's had 23 homers this year, so she's, like, pretty good at doing that. So, Decent. Yeah. So The fighting skibbies. Yep. Just uh, a heck of a season. Ran out of gas. So, and uh, They just ran into an impenetrable wall. Right. They, not many people. Yeah, if, Pioneer, if Pioneer does not win the state championship this Saturday, I would be stunned. Like, they're that good. They could win 3A, potentially, too, if they were in it. Like, they're that good. So, you're pretty impressed with yeah. what you saw? Yeah. The pitching is just insane for high school level. So, that's pretty much where they – that's where it decided. It's, Fairfield couldn't get anything going on offense. Like, nothing. Literally nothing except one infield single. So, not even a walk, you know? So. Bunch of strikeouts. Yeah, I think it was ended up being 13. Mm. So, yeah. Double digits, yeah. Yep. So, and then, uh, so that was Fairfield. 
And uh, you were with Wawasee Baseball on Saturday, Evan. They also suffered a tough loss uh, to the hands of the Norwell Knights. Uh, you want to take people through that game if they didn't catch your uh, brilliant writing over the weekend? It was on. It was a road trip Saturday. <laughs> it was my edition of yeah. road trip Saturday. Yep. Yeah, well, where was it? It was at Belmont High School, but how do you pronounce it? Decatur? Decatur. 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 Decatur sounds more fun, but Decatur. Decatur. As in Decatur. About a yep. two-hour drive, right? Yes. And it was, it's like really close to Ohio, isn't it? It's like mm-hmm. right on the Ohio yep. state line. Just south of Fort Wayne, yep. It was funny because I was like debating on whether I wanted to cross the Ohio border just to say I've been to Ohio, but it wouldn't have been that interesting, <laughs> so it wasn't worth it, so I decided not to do that. Wow. But yeah, the game. Back to the actual yeah. game. Yeah, um, way to make it about yourself, man. I was really impressed with how Wawasee came out. Obviously, Norwell's a good team, good program. So I knew it was going to be difficult going into it. I felt pretty confident that it was going to be a close game just because of how they played against Northwood. So you knew you knew they had it in them, and you knew that Grant Brooks could really pitch the ball on the mound. And he proved that early, first three innings, didn't give up any hits, and he uh, struck out seven of the Knights. So he was on. In the bottom of the first, they got a couple runs, so they got on Norwell quick in that area as well, so 2 nothing lead. So they had all the momentum. They had all the confidence on their side at that point after three innings. But the issue was they left four or so runners in scoring positions, stranded them during those three innings as well, so they could have – they could have put some more distance between them and Norwell. It could have been potentially four nothing, five nothing ball game, and that probably would have made all the difference with how Brooks was pitching. But two nothing keeps Norwell kind of in the game, and then in the fourth inning, Norwell ties it two two. So, like like I said, you know, maybe maybe if they get a couple more runs earlier, it's four two game. They still have a lead, but I will say that. Grant Brooks did a good job of getting out of a jam during the top of the fourth because Norwell did get the bases loaded in the top of the fourth when it was tied and he got out of the jam. So they could have taken a the lead then, so that was that was good for them. But both teams couldn't get it going offensively the rest of the ball game. Left a couple. Both teams actually left a runner in, on second base in scoring position in the sixth inning. Norwell did in the top of the inning and Wallace did in the bottom. So And then we go to the eighth inning and – the wheels kind of come <laughs> off, unfortunately, for Wallacey. Yeah. Snowballed, some sloppy defense. Norwell finally figured out Brooks a little bit on the mound, and they end up scoring five runs and kind of putting the game away there. So chased Grant Brooks, too, for Cameron Salazar. After they took a 4-2 lead, I believe, mm-hmm. Brooks was done. So, so yeah. It was uh, impressive because, you know, Norwell goes on and beats Leo – Right, in the, upsets them. In, in the upsets regional championship. Yeah. So, who knows? I guess that you, you hate to right. say who who knows what could have happened. Right. Like could have Wawasee have played, you know, against Leo the way Norwell did. But uh, it is what it is at this point. Mm-hmm. Good season for Wawasee, you know. Yeah. You get a sectional championship, first one in over 20 years, almost 25. Yeah. So. Strange year, strange year for them because they had. We talked about it before, but like they just that roller coaster of the Wallacey baseball team this year, where it felt like they lost some games they shouldn't have lost. They won some games, maybe they shouldn't have won, and they win three games in five days at the sectional to be sectional champs. You know, like they they put it together at the end, and they obviously were really close against Norwell, who ends up winning the regional. You know, so 
you know, nothing to be ashamed of, I would feel like, for Wallace this year, just given all the obstacles. And then, you know, on top of that, their head coach, you know, Brent Doty is being the athletic director still too. So he's like balancing all these things going on. And, you know, it's I'm sure it was tough for him to focus solely on baseball at times, but he, you know, valiantly did. Uh, and yeah, so it's just a strange year. I'm sure everyone will look back at it and like obviously look back with fond memories because they won the sectional and obviously it was the first year since uh you know after the pandemic so they just having the season i'm sure we'll it'll be looked back and be happy with that as well um you get you lose salazar to graduation along with parker young so that's two of your big hitters at the top but both brooks kids will be back next year grant brooks will be a senior ty brooks will be a sophomore uh so they have a couple nice pieces still coming back next year he could be the best pitcher in the area next year he might be him or Carter Gilbert. That's for sure. I'm from Northridge, so he's not a senior. Nope, Gilbert's only a junior. So he's oh, I thought he was a senior. Yep. Well, you thought wrong. Thought he was heading to Kentucky. Yeah. Uh, nope. This nope. Year. He's got one more year next year. Uh, Carter Gilbert. So well, then Gilbert. Never mind. What? Never mind then. Gilbert versus Brooks. That'd be a fun. That'll be a fun pitching matchup next spring. Two I'm seniors. Sure we'll get it at some point. Two alphas. Yeah. Hopefully it lines up. Hopefully the stars align. You know, uh, for that to happen. So. Yeah, really interesting year for Wallace, but again, one I'm sure they'll look back on fondly just because of all the success they had near the end. And uh, two wins over Northridge, always nice to beat them, you know, when they're kind of in the alpha of the NLC for the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. So, and to pretty much knock Northridge out of the NLC championship, you know, that's got to feel pretty good too, I'm sure. So, Hiker Veron and Decator, aka Decator. Decator. <laughs> it sounds more fun to say. Man, Decator. Decatur. 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 Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's all right. You'll get you'll get the hang of it eventually. Um, Can't say there's anything special about the town, though. It's very small. So is Chalmers. Middle of nowhere. So is Chalmers. So, but you're near a big city, kind of. You're 20 minutes from Fort Wayne. There's 25 minutes from Lafayette for me on Saturday. So, I, I didn't shout even, out, didn't shout go. out the uh, Panera in Lafayette for having Wi-Fi and indoor dining so I could write my story. So, the flatbread. I got the Where'd flatbread you get the pizza. Five cheese? I got the pepperoni one. It's pretty solid. Yeah, it's a good choice. I know. Um, baseball and softball weren't the only ones to wrap up this weekend from our coverage area. Track is also done. Uh, we had the boys state meet on Friday night and we had a couple guys earn all state and probably outperform what they, what their expectations were. I would say Uh, I was pleasantly surprised on Friday night watching the state meet at how uh, a couple of our guys did. You Uh, went there? What? You were, you were there. I was watching it online. (laughs) I watched it from the office. Brandon Beachy shout out him for going down and taking photos. Uh, he did a great job sending photos to us and, uh, had a couple kids, like I said, are in All-State. Jack Moore from Northridge in the 3,200-meter run uh, was sixth place, time of 9:14:16, uh, which was four seconds better than his sectional uh, record-breaking performance. So it was a PR for him. He came in seated 12th, and he got sixth. So you got to really like – got to like that. Um, and uh, the winner the winner of the race ran like 8.59, which was insane. Like a sub nine in the 3,200 is really impressive. So um, I could know, do it. I'm sure you could. 3,200 feet probably, you know, not meters. So <laughs> That's a good one. Yep. Yep. And uh, so congratulations to Jack. Uh, like I said, it was really impressive to watch him. He actually was leading after the first lap. 
and then he kind of teared off, tapered off a little bit, but he never fell like too far back. Like he was always in the top eight ish area the mm-hmm. whole race. So that was really cool to see because it was like, you know, you don't like for me, like I didn't know who, how any of our kids were going to do. Usually you get to the state level and it's hard to tell unless they're like truly elite, like how they're going to fare at this state meet. Because uh, you get kids from all over the state, obviously, in the Indy, Indy area and the Fort Wayne area tends to produce, you know, faster, better athletes. So, the fact he got sixth was really cool and uh, gives him a huge confidence boost going into the fall or going into the summer before fall cross-country season and then track next year. He's still a junior, so he's got one more year next year. So, it's pretty cool for him. Um, and his uh, uh, teammate, Carter Bach, got seventh in discus throw. Um, Carter told me he might have dislocated his elbow on Thursday in practice. Um, he got injured for sure. He was wearing a compression sleeve uh, when throwing. And he still got seventh place in discus throw. 168 feet. So 168 feet, one inch throw. Imagine if he didn't dislocate. How do you, how does he think he dislocated his elbow? What do you think? Uh, no idea. You think he, I, he how might, do you not what, know? Did he like overthrow? He must have overthrown in a practice throw. I mean, I'd, I feel like you'd be able to really feel. You'd be able to confirm the fact that your elbow is dislocated. Maybe it was just a slight dislocation. Yeah, it must have been a slight one because if it was a bad one, there's no way he, he would have been able to throw. throw. Yeah. Right. So he got seventh place. He came in seated eighth. Um, you know, he had a lot of expectations on himself to do well this year. He told me that. And uh, seventh place in state is pretty cool. He also competed in shot put and got 24th out of 27. So. Maybe the, maybe that's where it hurt more was in shot put. I mean, he wasn't seated high anyway to begin with in shot put, but, mm-hmm. you know, he probably didn't throw as far as he would like to throw in shot. So, but, hey, seventh place in discus, man. All state. You all take that. And then uh, Goshen's Drew Hogan, ninth place in the 1,600-meter run. Time of 421.70. He was seated 18th and got ninth. So both Moore and Hogan cut their seed times in half on Friday, which is pretty cool to see. Uh, you know, Hogan, you know, I've seen him compete, you know, pretty much his whole high school career, you know, in cross country basketball. Yeah. All three years, he's a junior, and I've seen him pretty much compete in everything. You know, what's happening here? You know, you're really, you, you have a close relationship with Drew Hogan. No, we're I've going, just, we're going into the. Uh, I've just seen him going com- into the blast from the past. I've just seen him compete. You're like. I've seen him grow up here in his high yeah. school career. I mean, know? I obviously I've, I've, I've seen a lot more intently focused this past year because I got to see him a lot more in basketball. Um, saw him across country in the fall and saw him a lot this year in the spring. And, you know, yeah, I hate to use the cliche of, like, he's just a natural competitor, but, like, that's what he is, you know? I'm a natural and, athlete. And he's, a nat- like, even though he's a little short, he's just, like, he's going to, like, he's going to be, like, he's not going to, like, I- it's weird, like, he won't let, he doesn't like losing, like, obviously, like, no one likes losing, but, like, he, like, just has this, like, innate ability to, like, like, outperform what you think he should be doing, I guess. Like, it would have been very easy for him to finish, like, 15th. But, like, going into it, I'm like, I nothing would surprise me if, from him. Like, other than winning. Like, if he had won, that would have been a shock. He he was ninth place, but the winner, the winner ran it in, like, 406. So, like, that's impressive for a one-mile run. Right. So if he had if he had done that, that would have been nuts. Um, but getting top ten like that doesn't surprise me. I guess like it shouldn't. Sometimes it, it still does a little bit, but it also shouldn't. And he just does these things where it's like 
he looks like he's not going to do well, and then he just does well because that's what he does. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Does that make sense? That I that I talk my way through that. I Sheila, mean, does she, that make sense? Does that make sense? She shakes her head. Okay, Sheila's back this week, everybody. I know you were missing her last week. We had Rich last week doing the age thing all all day. <laughs> so five I'll, times. How old are you, Rich? How old are you, Rich? When this happened? Um, oh my god. So yeah, and then a uh, quick shout outs to everybody else that competed at state. Just we'll do this. Try to do these quickly. Uh, the 200 meter dash prelims, uh, Jatan Thomas and, from Concord and Jalen Gonzalez from West Oble. They were 19th and 24th, respectively. Uh, Northridge 4x1 team was 21st. Brady Hunsberger from Northwood, 22nd in the 1600 meter run. And then Hannah Hoffman from Northridge uh, ran in the 200 prelims at the girls' state track, and she was 27th. So, shout out to all of them for making state. Congratulations. To our state finalists mm-hmm. from the Goshen News. Yes. And then you also had a couple Elkhart. Shout out a couple Elkhart girls and uh, guys doing well. Uh, Eric Woods was 7th in the 100-meter dash final. The 4 by one from Elkhart was 5th on Friday in the boys. And then uh, Maya, I don't know how to say her last name. I apologize. Maya Polinus, Polinus P-U-L-I-N-A-S. She won the state uh, discus throw, I believe. Discus, yeah. How about that? State champion. That's first blasphemy. ever. Blasphemy. First. We don't cover Elkhart. First ever Elkhart <laughs> high school girls like state champion in anything. That's, That's pretty awesome, cool. Pretty All jokes cool. aside, that is cool. It's very cool. I know. So uh, congratulations to everybody for performing well this weekend. And uh, it's, tell you what, like, you know, these, uh, these distance guys from Goshen, Northridge, Concord, Northwood, they all perform really well, you know, this, this spring. And it gets you kind of excited for cross-country in the fall, man. Like, Goshen's going to be really good. Northridge has a chance to be pretty good again. They're always usually pretty good. But even, you know, uh, Northwood has a decent chance to be good. Concord has some guys coming back. Like, it actually could be a very competitive boys' cross-country season uh, in the fall. Like, Goshen, you know, I think they're the favorite coming in. But it's not going to be a, a easy you know, road for them to like the NLC and the sectional championships. Right. So it's going to be fun to watch them compete against some of the better teams in the area. And then when they start getting over to like the Fort Wayne semi-state. So it's going to be neck and neck. It's going to be really All those cross country races. Yeah. So <laughs> literally. So yeah. Uh, congratulations again, everybody at the state track meet. So um, one sport still going on. We got two sports, I guess, still technically going on, but one sport, out on the links. For sure going on. The links to golf. You were there Friday? Yeah, that was Friday. That was Friday. It's, uh, sectional golf and Northridge Raiders win on their home course at Meadow Valley. Uh, take me through the golf. Evan, you were there. You're a chief golf correspondent. You've been covering the golf the last month. so Nothing like a good afternoon out on the links mm-hmm. covering golf. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I enjoyed it. It was cool. Obviously, I'd been out to Meadow Valley before. And obviously, it seemed like Northridge really took advantage of the uh, home course advantage. Won by 13 strokes over second place Goshen with a 328. It's awesome for them because obviously they redeemed themselves. Because yes. as we know, a couple weeks ago, they uh, had a disqualification. And that cost them a NLC conference title. So, yep. But uh, good for them for coming back, replacing a player, coming back, and... Uh, doing as well as they did 
in sectional, and now we'll see what happens in regional. Who knows? And obviously, Goshen and Northwood, they were second and third, so they're going to be in regionals over there at Black Swan, right? Not Black Swan, Swan no. and Swan Lake. <laughs> Swan, it's Lake. Black, Swan Lake. It's the black course they're playing on. Uh-huh. Fixed the black myself. course at Swan Lake. Over in Plymouth. Uh-huh. So we'll see there, and then like 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 we discussed, well, we haven't actually discussed this yet, but we all also have individual people as well. Mm-hmm. Ben Kyle, 76, shot 76. Yep, from Lakeland. Yep, Lakeland. Concord's Will Harris, he had 82. And then Andrew Bondurant actually beat uh, Nathan Kyle from Lakeland as well in a playoff, one whole playoff. Mm-hmm. They both had 84, so they had to do a little tiebreaker. So yeah, pretty good uh, amount of you know, area, both individually and teams and regionals over in Plymouth on Thursday. So we'll see what happens. Obviously, it's a very difficult course. Yeah. There's it's a, fair, against man. a lot of difficult teams. It's brutal. Yeah. Yep. And it's, we'll see. You know, they have, they feed in like eight different sectionals or something over there, seven different sectionals, you know, from Fort Wayne to Penn and all of those schools. So it, it's going to take a lot for one of our teams to get out, for sure. Uh, Northridge, I feel like, would have the best chance to do it. But also, maybe Goshen has the two top individuals, like, amongst all of our players, with Chase Meyer and Jackson Guype. Like, both those guys can shoot low. So maybe Goshen has the best chance to get out, as long as their other guys don't completely, you know, bomb or whatever. But right. yeah, it's, the, the it's really is, interesting. The issue is, obviously, Chase Meyer's going to be great. He shot a 76 in the sectional, but Jackson only shot at an 85. That's below what he's he got, can do. He's got to shoot a 70. He's got to shoot sub 80 for them to have a prayer to get out his team. Of course. And they can't have any people shoot above a 100. Cam right. Schneider, unfortunately, shot a 109, and that hurt their score, obviously. Mm-hmm. So, As far as Northridge goes, both Ty Miller and Brock Reschley shot below 80, 75 and 78, respectively. So... I mean, obviously that's they'll they'll lead them at regional. It just depends what happens below them, so. right? And of course, so you know how the regional is set up: three teams will advance to state, and then the top five individuals scores on nine advancing teams will also go. So while you are still trying to play for your team, and you hope your team gets through, you know if if one of these guys, like if Ben Kyle shoots a seventy three or something from Lakeland he could get out as an individual or if one of these guys, you know, from Northridge or Goshen or Northwood shoots, you know, seventy five or below, they could easily get out as an individual. Mm-hmm. Um, I know Northwood had a kid two years ago, Sean Hogan, who was I think he fell one shot short of going out to state. He was like he shot like a seventy nine and seventy eight was the the cutoff basically. So uh so it's possible we can get an individual or two. Obviously the whole team might not go. Um, like I said, it was it's going to take a Herculean effort from one of these teams or everyone else to be play bad for one of them to get out. But, I mean, you never know. Crazy things happen. So, it's why you play the game. It's why, you, you know, every shot matters, right? So, all the coach cliches you got to say right now, like that's pretty much what, what it is for Northridge, Goshen, and Northwood. Like, hey, you go out there, you play your game, shoot the best round of golf you can, and we'll see where the – you know, the ships lie or the, the cards lay or whatever the saying is. The course is probably going to win, though. The course always wins. So, especially this course. Mm-hmm. Apparently, it's very hard. Yep. I think yeah. everyone, I think all three teams have played at least one round on it or at least a half round on it this year. 
or so practice rounds. You get experience, and I think you could play practice rounds on it during the week, so they get experience. Yeah, I know Northridge is doing that this week, so mm-hmm. I don't know if the other two were planning on doing that or not. Hopefully, that would have been the smart well, thing. To I know, do. I know, Goshen played the front nine of block of uh, Swan Lake, the black course at Swan Lake, uh, last week before sectional. <laughs> black, black Swan at the Black Swan Lake <laughs> course. Um, so yeah, we'll uh, see how they do. I'll be there uh, Thursday because you'll be getting your teeth pulled out. So, it's great. Can't wait. Yep. And uh, one other sport happening, local sport happening. I guess two are happening, but one's an official like high school sanctioned event. The other one's scrimmage. Um, the official san- high school sanctioned event, girls tennis, individual tournament, the double side. Uh, Goshen's Joya Drenth and Catherine Detweiler are playing in the individual state quarterfinals of uh, the tournament this weekend. They start their uh, tournament on Friday at 3.30 p.m. at North Central High School in Indianapolis. They will be playing the Carmel duo of Alexa Lewis and Hallie Reeves. Lewis and Reeves just won the team state championship uh, last weekend with Carmel beating South Bend St. Joseph in the final. Uh, Lewis and Reeves are 26-1. and It's pretty good. Uh, Goshen, hey, Detweiler and, and Drenth are 20-2, and two, so not too shabby as well. Their two losses this year were to Northwood's uh, doubles team in the NLC tournament and the Northridge, Northridge doubles team. But Goshen, uh, Drenth, and Detweiler made up for that loss to Northwood in the NLC, or in the individual sectional. They beat Amy Adams and Amory, Emory Porter 6-3-6-1. And then Drenth and Detweiler won the individual uh, regional on Saturday at Laporte by beating Courtney Lawmaster and Grace Meyer from Bremen. So now they get to play for this in the state quarterfinals against the, probably the top doubles team in the state. David versus Goliath. Mm-hmm. Should be interesting. I mean, I, I'm you know good luck to them. Obviously, it's going to be really tough. Uh, Goshen has the advantage though; they can actually watch tape of this Carmel team. They were the IHSA videotapes. And archives the, uh, the one singles and the one doubles matches at the state meet, so they Plus, actually have film they can watch, which you don't really get in tennis. So, right. Plus, they have the good luck, uh, good luck racket. Yes, they do. I remember, have the good you luck said racket. some. Mm-hmm. You were telling me that story last night. Yeah, the uh, last time Goshen had a doubles team or any individual go to state was on the boys' side in 2015. Uh, Lucas Troyer, I believe was a doubles player, and he uh, gave the racket that he used to Catherine Detweiler when Catherine Detweiler started playing her high school career. So she's used this racket from Lucas Troyer for the last four years, and now it's going back to state. So it's got some magic in it. I'm telling you, maybe. Hey, all I'm saying is uh, Troyer and his teammate, whose uh, name is escaping me, I apologize, uh, they won their quarterfinal matchup against Penn, and they went to the state semifinals that next day. I'm just saying. Maybe the, maybe the racket has quarterfinal magic in it. You never know. As we like to say, don't sleep on Goshen. Don't sleep on Goshen. Just saying. Uh, and then, speaking of Goshen, yeah. Brinshoop Hill, the Indiana-Kentucky All-Star Game Series for basketball is this weekend. Uh, the the senior-junior game is actually, I believe, Tuesday night. So tonight, at, after we tape this podcast. And then they played the Kentucky All-Stars on Friday in Owensboro, Kentucky, and they come back to Indiana on Saturday and play at Southport High School in Indianapolis. Uh, the 
So the girls play at 5 o'clock. Boys games like at 7.30. Uh, Brinshew Pill, Goshen. Senior standout is one of the all-star players. And uh, Doug Springer, Northridge coach, is an assistant coach. So should be a pretty cool experience for both of them, I'm sure. I know Springer talked about you know, when we when he was named an assistant coach, it's how much he's always wanted to be part of this. And, you know, I mean, it's, it's the first ever Goshen girls basketball player to go as well as an all-star. Two Goshen boys have gone in the past. Uh, this is the first girl to go. So, it's pretty cool. What a guy. Springer is. Yeah. He's very cool. Yeah. Very enthusiastic as well. Mm-hmm. So, I'm sure he's going to be, you know doing the best he can as an assistant coach to bite his tongue as much as possible. I know the assistant coaches, they sometimes can talk, but the head coach is the one that's, you know, standing up and pacing on the sidelines. So he's not the head coach today. During an all-star game, I doubt it. Hey, you never know. Yeah, Doug Springer is <laughs> wired differently, man. I'm just saying. So True. Um, yeah, I'm intrigued to see how the game is actually played. You know, like, what's the intensity level of this? This is obviously, this is a historic series. They've been doing it for 90 years on the boys' side, and girls' game has been, you know, ever since – girls sports basically became a thing in 1972 they've been doing a girls game as well so this is you know a pretty historic game they've been doing it forever the only year they haven't done it is last year because of the pandemic you know so it's gonna be interesting you know it's gonna be a fun game I'm intrigued like I said how how hard these players play it's an all-star game but you're also representing your state you know so there's some pride there obviously you don't want to especially on Indiana you don't want to lose in Indiana to Kentucky you know what I mean so maybe Indiana players go harder at Southport because you got to rep the they state. They go hard, yeah. <laughs> you got to rep. You got to represent the state. So awesome, and uh, yeah. So Notre Dame baseball. We'll talk Notre Dame baseball. How about the Irish? Here, here they come, right? Here come the Irish. Notre <laughs> Dame. <laughs> yeah, man. Tenth national seed. They will be playing the seventh national seed, Mississippi State Bulldogs, down in Starkville for the super regional round because I'm gonna say why why they are they playing Mississippi State? The South Bend Regional. I don't I don't know if swept's a strong enough adjective to describe swept. what they did this weekend. Well, fifty runs in three games, it's pretty good. Yeah. Ten it's pretty, it's pretty ten on Friday, twenty six <laughs> Saturday, and fourteen Sunday in the win. That's really like just staggering to look at. It really is. Like they're on it right now. I really thought they were only going to score like one or two runs on Sunday after they put up 26 against UConn Saturday, and then they just demolished Central Michigan again. They literally trailed for like two total pitches, one pitch really, the whole weekend. Central Michigan hit a home run in the top of the fourth on Sunday to go up 1-0. That was it. The next pitch was a ground out 10, the inning. The first pitch at the bottom of the fourth was a solo home run by Nico Cavadas. For Notre Dame. That was it. That's the only time they trailed the whole weekend. It was like two and a half minutes of real time. That's it. It's honestly in, insane to think about. They didn't, it never let anyone really get close to them. So. Can't wait to watch them in the uh, College World Series hey, over in Omaha. Omaha? Maybe Omaha. Maybe Omaha. Omaha. I know it's Omaha. I know it's Omaha. Decatur, whatever you just said earlier. <clears throat> Decatur. Decatur. Omaha. Yeah. Sounds like a, like, freaking Pokemon character or something. Decatur. I would love to go to uh, Omaha. That'd be cool. They got to get there first. They got to get there first. Just saying. Mississippi State's a good team. They're the number seven seed for a reason, man. This is going to be a fun series in Starkville, though. I think, man, 
with those two teams. It might be first one to 20 each game wins, honestly. It's offense everywhere. The offensive train's rolling. You can't stop it. Yeah, can't I'm, stop I'm that Irish. Really intrigued to see what the Bull, train. Really intrigued to see what the Bulldogs do against uh, Cavadis. Man, he's they just a machine. Nico Cavadis. He was six of ten in the regional with five home runs. I mean, that's just like every time he came up. Half the time he came up the bat, he had a home run, and or he was walked. Like pretty much that was it. You know, if you look at him, you could see why. And he flew out to the warning track in the eighth inning, and the Central Michigan fans give a standing ovation because they finally got him out. Like that's really, yeah, I remember that. Yeah. That's really a testament to how good he's been playing. Is like he hit a fly ball to the warning track; it almost went out. It was like not an easy, you know, not a routine fly ball, and Central Michigan fans like went crazy. He's like, "Yeah, we did it! Like we got him out! Like Fire down, up chips. down nine to two. Fire up chips! Yeah, they're." Uh... Central Michigan's props didn't come through. The lucky props. No, the, the pinata baby, pinata baby, the baby pinata. No, did not. It's unfortunate. So, or the cape, the flag cape, or the helmet. Yeah, none of it. No, Notre Dame was like, nah, we don't care about your lucky charms. Like, we're just gonna hit the ball over. No the fence. pun intended. Yes. We have our own lucky charms because mm-hmm. we're the Irish. Yeah. That's so again, funny. Notre Dame Mississippi State <laughs> starts. At, I know what I was going for. Notre Dame Mississippi State oh starts at uh, two o'clock Saturday in Starkville, and then the Sunday game at like six o'clock, and a Monday game if necessary at seven o'clock. So correct. First one to two wins goes to Omaha and pl- plays for the College World Series. How about that? Shout out to the uh, South Florida Bulls, first super regional ever. Yeah, they beat Florida. That's unfortunate, but mm-hmm. it's still cool, you know. Local Tampa area team, so I'll root for the Bulls when they do well. So they have to play a second national seeded Texas now, so they're probably gonna get thrashed. But hey, at least they made it that far. Yep. 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 That's all I got. So Missouri, Missouri okay. watched. Okay, Hookem. <laughs> okay, cool, okay. Hookem. Okay. Yeah, Missouri watched from the couch this weekend, like everyone else did. So it's fine. Uh, JMU, Team of Destiny, the women's college until they, ran, until they ran to Oklahoma the second time around. Yeah, that was actually very entertaining. Florida State had to play at like one a.m., mm-hmm. but yet they still managed to win all these games, and now they've they've uh, made it to the final against Oklahoma. Both those teams lost their first game. Right. So it's so that makes it even more impressive that they won all these games in a row to get to the final. Yeah. It's a cool cool story for both of them to get there. So should be a fun women's college world series uh final. Men's college world series going into super regional weekend should be good. So yeah, it's a lot of fun. A lot of good stuff going on in the NCAA level and obviously the NBA playoffs, Stanley Cup playoffs all going right now. MLB is kind of going through their mid-season swing, you know, stuff like that. So, uh, yeah. So, and uh, yeah, that's all I got. That's really all I got. All I got. That's so, it. Okay, let's yep. let's press the let's press the button. It's over. Boom. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, and then, <clears throat> excuse me. Before we get out of here, I just want to give a quick shout out. Another quick shout out to our freelancers that helped us along the way this whole year. Um, they still help us along the way in the fall, hopefully. Uh, Steve Crom covering games for us pretty much every day for a week and a half there was awesome jeff douglas as well doing photography uh brandon beachy going down to state track getting photos he's going down with me saturday to the basketball as well just really awesome work from those guys uh they 
you know, do a lot of good work for us and it's really appreciated. It makes our product what it is. You know, Evan and I are obviously working too. It's not like we're just sitting here on our butts, but... Um, Doing nothing. Yeah, yeah but exactly. we put in a lot of work, but their, their contributions make us what I feel like the best local sports coverage that you can get in this area for sure. Shots fired. So I'm just saying, like I, we, we're very fortunate to have them very fortunate for other things as well. So, and, uh, well, a lot of good work all around from freelancers and the help of our staff photographer, Joe Weiser, of course, as well. So I, I, I was I thinking agree. purely freelancers. And then I remembered, Oh yeah, Joe, he also helps us out. He's he's on staff, so it's like it's it's different, you know. But he kind of has to help us. Like the other guys don't have to help us, <laughs> so you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, it's Joe's job, literally. Yeah, literally, it's Joe's <laughs> job to help shoot sports. Um, but his work is also appreciated as well. So, and with that, we will wrap up this edition of the Goshen News Sports Podcast. Thank you to all for listening. Uh, starting next week, we will be shifting more into summer coverage focus and. Hopefully rolling out some cool interviews with some people that uh, you'll be interested in listening to. So stay tuned for that as we kind of shift towards summer summer break uh, podcast coverage, I guess. That's what we're going to call it, I guess. Yes. Yeah, so tune in then. <laughs>